This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. KFI AM640. You're listening to the John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. We surge on, but you can hear the show after we're done at 4 o'clock uh, by accessing the podcast at KFIAM640.com or using the iHeartRadio app. Coming up this hour, gibberish from Newsom as he makes his uh, tour around the state to talk about, I don't know, dribble, mental health, homelessness. But anyway, we got a good clip to play, and then we'll talk about Mayor Bassetti and uh, some blowback over her Inside Safe program, which apparently is taking some people off the streets, putting them in hotels, but perhaps pushing other people out of those hotels who were already homeless before. It looked like a little shuttle game. There. Little uh, musical little vagrants. Yeah, musical vagrants. We'll get to all this, but we'll start with Newsom and, of course, his new plan to deal with the oil companies and what he calls windfall profits. He gave up with the legislature passing some sort of windfall profits tax on the oil industry in California and instead is creating a watchdog division within the California Energy Commission to investigate the alleged price gouging. Allegedly, uh, it's like another small bureaucracy which will collect information, they say, from the oil companies and determine whether or not uh, they're making too much money. Uh, let's talk with Kevin Slagle. 
Yep, Vice President Strategic Communications for the Western States Petroleum Association. Kevin, how are you? Well, is it Friday yet? I mean, look, it's uh, a lot already for Monday with this stuff. Yeah. Um, what do you think he's going to do with this uh, agency to give penalties to the oil companies? Well, look, I, I think only in California or maybe just under Cal- in California under this administration do we actually think that creating a new expensive bureaucracy with 20 or 30 board members and putting that group in charge of investigating and subpoena power and all sorts of things and having them basically in charge of our fuel supply, adding taxes, adding costs would be a good idea. So this is not a formula to success, and, and this is the third pivot this governor has made on this issue, knowing the first two weren't going to work. So now his, now his idea is like, let's just go wrap a bunch of new taxes and a whole lot of bureaucracy and see how it turns out and claim victory. Now, Could this be a nothing? I mean, it looks like, was it your take, too, that he failed with the legislature? So he's just throwing this out there to make people think he's doing something? Well, yeah, look, I mean, this special session has been in, in for 106 days now, and it started off, he called to have a special session on, on a windfall profits tax. He counted the votes pretty quickly on that, realized he's not going to get a supermajority, switched it to a penalty in the fall, had, the, had his first hearing where he heard from experts in the Energy Commission where they said, it's not about profits and earnings, this is about fuel supplies in California in our isolated market. Had another hearing uh, a few weeks ago, heard the same things even stronger. In fact, we had experts saying it's not at their final level. It's downstream. There's a lot of issues. California's an expensive place to do work. Um, and then now pivoted to this. Just let's kick it into the bureaucracy. That way, the legislature doesn't have to set numbers. The governor doesn't have to stand on numbers of his own. He can, so, he can give it to these 20 or 30 people. So you think some of the uh, people who testified uh, before these uh, commissions or the legislature – they have explained why the gas is so much higher. It's not just taxes. Taxes are no. huge. But there's there's other factors that are specific to California. You think it's been adequately explained? It's been explained over and over again. Now, look, there can always be more transparency. And, you know, as industry, we're, we're, we're happy to provide it where we can. And it's, it's protective for privacy issues so the traders you know, don't misuse that information. But, yeah, the, the idea that, you know, the issues really are here fuel supply, the public policies we have that restrict the ability to create infrastructure, for example, to handle times when we are short on supply. If we have more infrastructure, um, we might have a little bit extra in system to keep costs down. The Certainly the taxes and regulatory environment, which we talk about a lot, it plays in, into all that. And then it's just a high cost of doing business. I mean, if you're a gas station owner somewhere in, in L.A., you know, your real estate might be a little bit different than it is in a different part of the state or a different state. And so all of those factors combined to make California expensive. We have special fuel blends, as you know, and, and again, we are the, the energy island that we've talked about a lot. We don't have supply coming from Texas or other place. We have to produce it here or ship it in from overseas, and that creates, you know, it makes it a tough market for us. All right. Uh, when, I, I, I don't know if you know all this, like the history of it. I don't. Yeah. But before all the climate hysteria, let's go back, you know, 40 or 50 years, why wasn't there a pipe built from Texas to California, because California was the promised land back then. It was clear that millions of people were moving and it was going to become, you know, one of the one of the big population centers of the country. So why didn't they build energy infrastructure leading into the state? Well, you know, we didn't need it then because California is actually one of the most productive states when it comes to oil production in the country and you know our history is largely based on that so back when oil was was fueling the state we were producing you know huge amounts of what we needed to produce and so the idea that we'd actually have to ship it in from three or four states away didn't make a lot of sense to folks then now 
Certainly public policies have changed. It's been nearly impossible to get production permits. Um, other bands have made it, you know, cut our production down about 25 to 27 so, percent so of what we need. You think most of this is self-inflicted? Oh, yeah. I mean, look, California does a good job of, 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 of causing our own problems with our public policies. And this is one area where we can see the history of it um, play out. And we can also see, unfortunately, where this is going. When you talk about an all-electric and needing three times electricity that we have today and transmission lines and all of those issues, um, we can see what's going to happen if we don't, you know, if we don't change course. I, I, I mean, the stuff they lay out for the electric car era that's supposed to dawn soon just sounds so fanciful. I mean, they they can't possibly generate the electricity needed for it. Well, no, I mean, but yeah, I mean, our governor was down in what Lithium Valley today or yesterday talking about lithium. Well, well, look, if we're going to be 100 percent electric electric in this state, we're going to need all that lithium. We're going to need all the lithium we can find in California, all the copper, rare earth, graphite, you name it, that we can find in the United States. And we need to mine it in the next couple of years to get where they want to go. So this is, you know, this is what we're saying. There's a better way of getting to our climate goals than to, you know, ban and mandate our way forward. It's just, it's not going to work out. It's, 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 it's sort of, it's crazy how obvious it is to the public, yet we have these same discussions in Sacramento over and over and over again. All right, here's the one thing with the public. They'll hear headlines, and I think they're accurate, that the oil companies are enjoying record profits, and so they just, they just don't understand. Why, yeah. why are they, why isn't a, why isn't it a proportional profit? We know that the price of oil, price of gas went up, so things are going to cost more. But how come the profits are so insane on top of it? It gives the impression that there is a lot of gouging going on. Yeah, no, look, I, I get it. When the earnings are high, it's pretty easy for the public to, to come to that conclusion. And, and, you know, our explanations don't always feel that satisfying. But, but what I think it comes down to is a couple of things. One, there is, there is a supply issue, and what we see in the markets is based on supply and demand. The just last week, the California Energy Commission had taken a bunch of data in from refiners looking at their uh, gross profits. And before any expenses, we're going to see the expense, like the net profit numbers here later, it was at about 66 cents per gallon profit. Now, that's, that's a healthy profit. Is that the 2 or $3 that has, was implied last fall by a lot of politicians, by our governor? No, it's far short of that. In fact, you didn't hear them talking about that number in the last couple of days. So we'll see how it nets out. But, you know, look, it, it ebbs and flows. And last year, too, it's been a, a very strong year for this industry. Next year might not be as good. Certainly a few years ago, it wasn't. But we it, understand it, it makes people perception. think like they could knock off, you know, 20 cents a gallon. That they, If they're having excessive profits, then, then why are they charging so much? And are they all colluding? Why is it one yeah. of the companies, for the sake of grabbing more market share, knocking off some of the price? Because they're still going to have a great profit year. Yeah, no, look, again, I, I think with any commodity, you could look at that. And ours, the, you know, the commodity we all use every day would be sort of in the bullseye of that type of discussion. But again, looking looking at the well, market. Is it, is at, it, a, is it a, what I said, is it true? Is it true that it, they could easily knock off and give no, us a break it, and, and, and no, really not bother them? No, markets don't work that easily, unfortunately. And, and you know, one thing we can say is like uh, you mentioned – uh, investigations. I mean, there's been multiple attorneys general that have looked into this. They never find any collusion. They don't find any wrongdoing. They, they always con conclude that it's a market issue. And yeah, I mean, a, a, a publicly held company, you know, can't simply just say, look, we're going to do this blanket discount. That's, that doesn't work. And, you know, again, each market's different. LA is different than San Francisco and, and you know, these companies are global companies. So that, so when you look at earnings, that's just not California earnings, that's a global earnings. So, 
again, we understand the public perception. Nobody likes high gas prices. We get it. Uh, I get it. No, I don't like it anybody, anybody else. But there is, you know, there is a market story behind all of that. But, you know, more importantly, there's a public policy story behind all this. And public policy contributes to all this. And this is where the governor and the legislature and others could really make an impact. If we loosened up uh, infrastructure policy, for example, if we looked at the way that we are at our tax regulatory programs and what those impacts are, if we look at the impact of bans and saying we're going to be 100% this or 100% that just a few years out, all of those things have real impacts on consumers and also send messages to the market. I mean, we may not see investment in California when it comes to production or refining at the levels we enjoy today if these type of policies continue to happen. And if we lose a couple of refineries in the state, you know, gas prices will probably look a lot different. Kevin, thanks uh, very much for coming on. Hey, you bet. Good to, good to talk to you guys. That's no, it. It's Kevin Slagle, Vice President of Strategic Communications for the Western States Petroleum Association. More coming up, John and Ken, KFI AM640. We're live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM640. Well, we continue to talk about Governor Dippity Doo. We were just talking about his attack on the oil companies and uh, the path he's now chosen to try to get a windfall profits tax, which is just a fancy way of running for president. Look at me. I'm standing up against the oil companies. Now he's been doing a tour around the state. We have a clip where apparently he's trying to explain his tour. He was in San Diego recently. I think he was in Southern California or L.A. area a couple of days ago. Uh, this is something else to get attention. He uh, decided not to do a State of the State speech and instead do some media tours. And he's explaining to Spectrum News reporter Daniela Pardo. This is an excerpt of an interview that everything he's doing on this tour comes back to trying to figure out the homelessness problem in California. Here we go. What we're doing, the thread throughout this State of the State tour, connects that dot, the prison reforms that we're trying to advance, the focus uh, on making sure that we're part of community redevelopment here near the LA River, the work that we're doing as it relates to the broader healthcare delivery system and tomorrow's announcement, big announcement on mental health uh, and reforms. Uh, I hope people see a connective tissue. The issue of homelessness <laughs> is the ultimate manifestation of our failure as a state and nation. We own this. We have to own a greater sense of urgency and responsibility. And so in many ways, that short speech I gave as a state of the state is a longer narrative on this state of the state tour mm-hmm. of making real and showing the work in this space so people have a sense of more confidence that we're building momentum, this flywheel, so that they can see real progress, <laughs> so they feel respected in terms of their tax dollars. Well, that was a highlight reel. Did he? Did he actually? Did he say period full stop, or did he miss that one? <laughs> but he the got the flywheel in there, and the, he likes to say in this space. In this space, it's what's the flywheel? He's used that before. It's uh, something in, in industry that they use in production or something like that. Or <laughs> yeah, well, what does it have to do with anything? I thought he was, was he talking, talking about fishing with a flywheel. I, I thought know. he was talking about people, you know, passed out, uh, half dead in the street. What's uh... this is why he's awful, and he's going to have the it's... same fate as Kamala Harris on the national scale because people are going to listen to dribble like that and go, "Why?" They're going to laugh. Yeah. Right now, the only people covering him are the knob slobbering media of California. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Most of the rest of the national media hasn't focused on this boob yet because he isn't officially running for president. Do, but do the pe- he will someday. Do the people on the inside 
know that he's a boob and they're just cashing the check? Or do these people really get caught up in in the celebrity and the, the, their own career advancement? Because Kamala Harris, everybody quit her office in Washington. Everybody. It's almost a 100% turnover. Wow. So they realize uh, uh, this is a crazy person. I'm not working for her. In fact, this is going to be a detriment to my career to have her on my uh, have her on my resume. Yes, yeah, so I, I, I got to cover this 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 over as quickly as possible and go hook up with somebody else. But I mean, well, his problem is different, as you pointed out years ago, because you saw he he talks in techno jargon, a lot of Silicon Valley references. Well, but that, what age? he thinks they're hip, but they're just awful. They're annoying. How does he even? It's like somebody that texts you with just all letters, you know, to try to tell you what they're saying. How does he even track what he's saying? Does he track what he's saying? Because you know you could speak off the top of your head and kind of talk yourself into a corner. Oh, I think this is off the top of his head. Right. Okay. But does he know as he's speaking that he's making no sense? No, I don't think so. He never catches himself and saying, "Oh, wait a second, I've kind of gotten off track here." Well, I forgot what my point is. I mean, he just started. I kind of understood his point. He's trying to say it's sort of the woke progressive narrative here. Yeah. That all of our problems with homelessness track back to the failures of our capitalistic system. That's what he's going oh, to say. Oh, he's so full of crap. Mr. Multiple Wineries funded by the that Getty we family. are responsible for the homeless. You know, They're not responsible for themselves is what he said in there. This son We're of We're responsible. He's got one of the wealthiest oil families in American history. Oil families that financed his entire business career. He doesn't exist without massive amounts of Getty money. Yes, this is I, true. I, I mean, they I, propelled him into politics. Thank them for so, that. So, so they, they pump a trillion gallons of oil make a huge fortune they give gavin some of that so he could diddle around in his uh in his vineyard and then he becomes mr electric he becomes Isn't mr. that a knock in the head yeah and then he's given us lectures on capitalism and why that causes homelessness f and you you heard him such a freaking phony baloney you heard him hint in there about a big announcement that piece of audio was from a couple of days ago yesterday in san diego get this he wants $3 billion in a bond measure to build new mental health campuses, residential settings, and permanent supportive housing. I think they're going to put it on the ballot next year in 2024. $3 billion. More they, money to be spent on that rabbit hole. They raised billions and billions and billions in the last 19 years. I think it was November 2004. They passed a 1% uh, bonus tax on people making over a million dollars. That was the Daryl Steinberg income. tax. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. The former a, uh, head of the state senate and now the mayor of Sacramento. It's a one percent surtax. It's one percent surtax on people making a million dollars or more. The counties ended up with billions of dollars and they didn't know how to spend it. There were stories coming out that they had accounts overflowing with cash and nowhere to go with it. Well, it's funny because he also wants to take a billion dollars from that fund. To also yeah, but, open up these mental health campuses. Because that money is sitting around. they got to now rewrite the law in order to access it. You know, the, the law was written in a very restrictive way, so you can't spend it on everything you think they should spend it on. But, but I, unless you change the laws for conservatorship to get these people off the streets and into these mental health campuses, this is another waste of money. You have to force them in. Right. Yeah. They're wandering around out there because we're not taking any action for their own good to get them into the help they need. We won't do it. That that's the well, whole crux of the problem. It, it's it's going to be a failure. It's going to be a massive waste of money, and they know this. That's the thing. They know if you don't force all these uh, crazed drug drug addicted vagrants into treatment, if you don't force them, then the whole, the whole plan will fail.
It's like and, you said, you can get Britney Spears and Amanda Bynes into conservatorship, but we can't get all these uh, dirty homeless yeah. people we're seeing on the streets I, who are clearly more whacked out. I know. I, you know, I think I could handle if I ran into Britney Spears and Amanda Bynes. I think I can <laughs> neg- neg- navigate around them. But oh. the people, I mean, in, in that park. Even in, if Amanda Bynes walks by naked? <laughs> I could navigate around her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. When we come back, we'll talk about Mayor Bassetti. Uh, she's apparently being criticized for her inside safe program and putting these homeless people into hotels because the claim is that others are being pushed out of the hotels to make room for the new hotel people. John and Ken KFI AM640 live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. Deborah, is that you humming? Yeah, what is that noise? Uh, some weird noise in this undisclosed location. I, I'm in an undisclosed location, Ken, so yeah. I can't I can't tell you exactly what's they, going they put on. Are you in the, a bunker for your I own am, safety? Yes. They put her in the Amanda Bynes room. <laughs> and she's just like the State of the Union speech. <laughs> some kind of vibration. Coming. The Amanda Bynes room. I'll I don't know what that noise there. is. <laughs> I'm not naked. Okay. <laughs> I do have nightmares, though. I do have nightmares. You know what I love about her? She will clarify anything. <laughs> well, I do, but it's. Funny. I just want you to know I'm not naked. I have nightmares sometimes uh-huh. that I am running around in the outside world like Amanda naked and I don't understand that and you I wake really? up yes it's terrifying really I what that yeah means. I don't yeah. I don't know I don't know but it's 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 you know awful. I only have I only have the shoeless one I just have one so sometimes <laughs> I have no shoes I can't figure out what happened I said how am I going to get to where I'm going I have no shoes uh-huh. Eric you were no you were recording all that right oh yes. god <laughs> gold okay. I record every show guys all right very good Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts 
of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. The John and Ken Podcast, John and Ken On Demand. You can get that right after four. Yeah, you sure can. Let me be the first to tell you, it's going to rain. You didn't know? I want to tell you. I want to break the news. It's going to rain heavily beginning later tonight and all the way into tomorrow and then into Wednesday. And then who knows? You may drown. Yeah, maybe. So turn around. Don't don't drown. See it coming your way. Anyway, we'll keep an eye on those poor mountain people. It may get some snow, too, mixed in there. Uh, We're now turning our attention to 100 days of... can, Can I just say this? Oh, yeah, sure. Now would be a good time to go get food. I suppose that is good advice. Okay. Do they still have the old snow up there, or did that go away? I don't know. I don't know how much melted. Or I not. thought you were going to go to your place in Arrowhead and check it, check no, it out. It's, it's, it's the kind of stupid thing you shouldn't do. Well, uh, well, the ski people loved it. I, I know you don't ski, really. but No. This uh, tomorrow, we believe, is the 100th day of Mayor Bassetti. Yahoo! The Times already did a poll. What was the point of that? Oh, she's got good approval ratings, but people are skeptical about the homeless. Well, yeah, well, which I which that's I, the number one problem. Which I found to be really a ridiculous poll. They approve of her. She's got one job to clean up the homeless, and they don't think she could do it. So, but wh- you pegged her right. You said because she's likable and she's friendly uh-huh. and she smiles. Yeah, that can go far with some people. That is the fatal flaw in human beings that they're more likely to respond to an emotional feeling than they are to an intelligent analysis. <laughs> there is pointless to try to talk to most of these voters rationally anymore. They just don't respond to it. Their brains freeze up. You can't you can't approve of somebody because you like their smile. You have to look at what they do. And they yes. don't, that's what's, what's fascinating is they don't believe she's going to do it in the future. It wasn't a judgment on, you know, what's happening now. It's it's like uh, what are your expectations? Uh, not much. So you know they released these numbers. The city will have housed a total of four thousand people in her first hundred days. Not all of them are from her Inside Safe program. Some are already being helped through other initiatives. Well, but now there's this story that and largely they're taken to hotels. But it looks like they are playing musical vagrants. Uh, Princeton Parker was a 38-year-old living in a tent on L.A.'s west side. In fact, just outside of John's house. 38. 38, he is, yes. 30, I love the ages of these people. I always notice it. 38. He was delighted by his move to the Hotel Silver Lake at the edge of Silver Lake and historic Filipino town. The rooms were large. His friends from the encampment are close by. I felt like I finally had a home. Oh, but they moved him. And they took him to a hotel in downtown L.A. And then that didn't work out, so he ended up in a third hotel in Hollywood. He's been lonely and isolated ever since. 
Now, I don't want to feel sorry for this guy because no. really, 38, no. get your life uh, together. Uh, he had his friend. What are you, a high school kid? I had my friends near me at this hotel. It was mm-hmm. great. Have you thought about going to work, Princeton? And finding your own place to live, even if it's in Nebraska? <laughs> sorry, but that... <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Shampoo, that is the wrong answer. No, that is the real answer. And the only way out of this. Because this is a morass that will go on for decades if we allow it to continue like this. Wait, with like... the idea that we have to set everybody up in housing and they can't be moved. Look, look how entitled this guy is. I mean, he's, he's, we've given him three hotels, but since they moved him out of uh, the second hotel, I was extremely excited to be at Hotel Silver Lake, and they just took that from me. They hey. just took that from me? You, you didn't... had free rent, right? <laughs> you didn't own the hotel room. You weren't paying for the hotel room. Ay, ay, ay. They took it from me. No, you're get, you're taking my tax money from me. Princeton. How do you end up with the name Princeton? And yeah, you end up uh, flat out on the street. What's what's that story? But of course, the the the, the hack reporter David Zanizer doesn't ask Princeton Parker why aren't you working? What was the last job you held? Why did you leave that job? What keeps you from getting a new job and earning money instead of sponging off the taxpayers and bitching that you've been you're moving from hotel to hotel? What makes you think you, you you deserve a hotel? What makes you think we should put up with you living on the sidewalk? So we're back to uh, Hugo Soto Martinez is the L.A. councilman that took over from Mitchell Farrell. His district includes the infamous Echo Park Lake. Apparently recently inside safe, because you mentioned this the other day, John, there are encampments near Echo Park Lake. It's still got a fence around it. Uh, so they uh, sent out inside safe outreach workers. To move those people, and apparently the claim is they moved them into hotels, but that displaced other homeless people, maybe like that guy we just mentioned who had to be moved to downtown L.A., the man at the front of the story. What's his name? Princeton Princeton Parker. Is this the game? In order to appease people on the west side, they moved some of the homeless into hotels. Now to appease people in the uh, Silver Lake District, they moved... They move people into the hotels, and now the West Side people are kicked out. Uh, and is that what they're going to do? They're going to try to get a headline in every district to make it look like to the Rubes that they're making progress. That they're right. making progress when, in fact, they 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 are moving people around, and all these people are going to be back out on the streets. Yeah. And do they all count as homeless that are housed? Like, if he's put away in three different hotels, does that count as three people who got homeless services from uh, Bassetti? Here's a 53-year-old woman, Carolyn Shane Smith. She was moved last month from a homeless encampment into Hotel Silver Lake, but apparently they're trying to relocate her to a different hotel, and she's pushing back against it. One of my favorite parts in these stories, there was, I, I think it was an activist. They were complaining, and this is something that goes back to the real heart of the problem, that the Inside Safe program is taking people from their encampments and taking them to different neighborhoods miles away from where they were encamped those the activists said that's not right that's their neighborhood that's their community no it's not 
In other words, moving somebody from Silver Lake to downtown or somebody from the west side to Silver Lake is just not right. When you're doing drugs in the street, that's not your neighborhood. You don't have a community when you live homeless. No, no. it's not. You're sleeping on a public sidewalk. Communities are formed by people actually in housing, apartments, homes. Yes, people who pay taxes and they pay for schools and uh, they have families and then these families become friends. That creates a community. It's not random people who stumbled off buses and spend their days sprawled out on the ground. It's not a community. There's that woman you mentioned, Carolyn Shane Smith, 53. Yeah. 53. She wakes up every day as an adult for 35 years, and she can't figure it out. I don't know how that happens. Uh, 35 freaking years. And yep. then she bitches and complains about the thousands and thousands of dollars we're spending on her. Well, she worked in interior design, but she suffered some sort of major health crisis. Well, what's the details uh, on that? I, I don't know. I'm looking at her. She's sitting on the stairs here. She doesn't look like she's disabled, but I don't know what it is. So. Yeah, it's always vague, right? A major health crisis. Why don't you tell us the story? What, what's the crisis? And is the crisis over? I mean, they do, you know, there's medication for things. You're being too real and you're being too demanding, Mr. Cobalt. Yeah, I am. You need to just tamp it down. This should all be unquestioned. Whatever these people want. That's that's what they're counting on. All right, we got more coming up. Johnny Ken, KFI AM640. We're live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand. From KFI AM 640. All right. So something we believe in strongly over the years on our show is what we call the creeping crawl. So what we're talking about now is a bill in Sacramento. Boy, this guy's already notorious. I think he's the head of the Public Safety Committee. Reggie Jones Sawyer, a Democratic assemblyman. From L.A. From yeah, from L.A. No, he's a crazy person. Oh, he really is a woke, crazy person. And he's leading the charge to make sure that any bill that comes to the Public Safety Committee does not result in any new people being imprisoned or any extended prison time. That They block it all. That's That's been their work. But this idea, um, each year, the state of California sets aside about $40 million. They give it to the uh, the dreaded nonprofits to provide defense and other legal services to low-income immigrants and their families. What we're largely talking about is illegal immigrants because it's about, a lot of it's about not being deported, okay? So the idea he has now is to remove one barrier to getting legal support. That would be for a murderer. So follow this. If a illegal alien commits a murder, gets sentenced to prison, in the state and let's say it's a life sentence but there is parole or well the way things are working now it could be supposedly without parole but let's say the day comes and thanks to all of our other laws in california they get their release well he now wants to spend money from a legal fund to make sure the feds don't deport the murderer i'm not kidding you see in the past they allowed the money to be used for those who were white low-level non-serious non-violent offenders Now he wants to add everything, including all serious and violent felonies. Robbery, murder, you name it. He wants them to get your tax money to fight deportation. This is like a triple punch to the face. The illegal alien breaks the law and comes here. Then he kills you. Then we all have to pay for his, his defense so he doesn't get deported. So let's start from the beginning. He kills you. 
well, you know, in the real world, in the good old days, he gets the death penalty. Oh, but that's off the table now. And that's been off the table for years in California. All right, so he gets life in prison without parole. But now we're changing the laws and we're finding loopholes. Let's say he was underage or a youthful offender. Or let's say he's old. All right, so now we're finding ways to make sure he is released. (laughs) So now this next step is to make sure he has a proper legal defense so the feds don't come along and try to deport him because he's not in this country legally. And you're a state, right? You're dead, right? The illegal alien killed you, but you're a state and your surviving family members, their tax money will be used. They'll have to pay to keep this guy from getting deported after he killed you. Yes. This is the America that we have here in California. Boy, this so, uh, this Reggie Jones Sawyer is a nut. He's a piece of work. He is an absolute uh, nut. We've watched this over the years. Remember the sanctuary law that was passed a few years back? Yeah, the states had Kevin DeLeon's work. Drip, drip, drip. That's what I tell you. Yeah, they incrementally, right. they get a little more, make a little more progress every year. To me, it, it compares to the homeless. We were just talking about how people think it's unfair that homeless people who have parked in a camp and in your community, in a park, can't be moved to a hotel out of your community because they've already set down their roots in your community. It's the same theory here. People who came into the country illegally, but they settled down and got a life in California. Well, but they commit murder. Well, so what? They got some- when they're. When they're done serving their time, we don't want them deported because they are a member of the California community. Do you follow this logic? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they got so comfortable, they felt they, they felt comfortable enough to start killing people in the community. Yes, because hey, what it says in. here, they have connections. They have family, and we don't want them deported because they are a part you of know, California. It's anarchy is what it is. They have a lot of nice-sounding cover stories and theories, but it's actually about just destroying the way we live. That's their uh, purpose. This story points out that there's pretty much no other state that provides free legal counsel to people who are facing deportation. Who else would think of this? this Every is, day, there's a story that's like, how the hell do they think of this? Uh, it's hard to believe. Conway's here. Hey now, hey now, hey now. Lots of rain coming in. So um, if you're here legally or illegal, it doesn't matter. You're going to get wet. So. Good no, one. But, but yeah, they hand out uh, umbrellas to the illegal. Oh, that's aliens, cool. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Well, that's you don't get one. one. It's another program. No, yeah, you you're a citizen. One. All right, all right. Uh, LAUSD might be striking. That might affect a lot of people listening to uh, KFI. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Yeah, eminent, maybe not's a good answer. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, eminent domain. They might actually grab forty-four businesses in Inglewood to make room for trains to SoFi and the Kia Forum. Uh, really? You know, because there's no real way to get there now. You have to drive and park, and parking's a nightmare. So Ooh. they're trying to put a light rail into there. But so they're gonna. I think oh, they're gonna run it right up. Inglewood. A friend of mine went to that uh, Billy Joel Stevie Nicks concert. Yeah, Crozier went. Yeah. Uh, they said the the whole traveling situation, parking situation. Took him three hours to get home. Yeah, it was just abominable. Yeah. It's the first time he'd gone there. He goes, I'm not going back there for anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got to fix that. You know, I mean, th- th- a lot of people are turned off by that. Yeah, it's it's tough. Yeah. No, you 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 cost somebody three hours to get home and yeah. they're not going back. Yeah. There's they don't no, care what it is. There's no game good enough. There's no, no, good no, enough. no. It's like the Hollywood Bowl. You know, halfway through the concert, you're like, how the F am I going to get out of here? <laughs> That's all my wife does every time we go. 
Yeah. Halfway through anything, she's already plotting the escape. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> she says to me, "Well, you you want to walk to the to the top of the stands and you can watch the last plays." From, See, the, they the, don't yeah. say this in New York City. We can get an easy subway right to Yankee Stadium and then to City Field. Yes, right, right. They all, don't say this. All stadiums have a subway or a light rail. Yeah, Anaheim does. Yes. Uh, San Francisco does. Yeah. Uh, Oakland does, you know, San Diego. They all do, except yeah. us. New York, Philly, right. Boston. Yeah. They all have. Chicago. Yes. Right there. Except us. Except us. Right. No. And, we're, and we just got one. We're just getting one to the airport. Yeah. People have had that for 30 years. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. All right. It sucks. All right. Well, ding dong. Yeah. <laughs> ding dong. Ding dong's the way to end it. Let's go. Come on. It's like period, and full stop. Ding dong. Right. Let's roll. Crozier has the news live in the 24-hour campaign yeah. newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to The John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.